Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean, dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. And my oh my, have things gotten interesting, at least on the NFL side. Last night's game did not turn out the way we wanted it, especially in uh, one of my very interesting leagues of note, which I will uh, get into with you here in a minute. Matt, uh, not a great game last night, but I think that's really actually on par for what we saw all of the week. It really was a lot of studs coming up short for us in our fantasy playoffs. Show or The show, the season, my goodness, I can't talk. The week ends with a dud. We are on to the finals. How are you doing today on this beautiful Tuesday? Yeah, this uh, second half of recaps might be the what the F edition because it starts with the what the F were the Jets thinking and ends with what the F is that's wrong with Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. And now, being a Browns fan, I hate the Steelers to begin with, but uh, loving how much shit their fans were talking earlier in the year when nobody was giving them respect when they were i believe it was 11 and 0 before they lost their first game and now i'm just wondering where are all of you steelers fans at now because uh, there's a whole lot of talking about how your team is not okay but we will get to them in a minute let's start with where we left off yesterday which was the jets pulling off the upset on the rams 23 to 20 sam darnold 14 points ty johnson 17 and frank gore 13 
What were the Jets doing yesterday? Uh, I mean, I'm pretty sure they wanted Trevor Lawrence, or maybe maybe they got so self-conscious about Trevor Lawrence talking about wanting to go back to school that they just decided, uh, hey, let's just go ahead and go out there and win a game so we don't look like a bunch of idiots. Yeah, the Trevor Lawrence thing would make some sense if we were talking about this, if we were looking for like a logical, rational reason. But the Jets... They've been in a lot of games, and arguably they should have won that game against the Raiders had they not kind of zero blitzed. Zero blitzed. Uh, You know, one of the best memes yesterday was that, uh, you know, that classic meme of Wolverine looking at a picture, and you see what the picture they grabbed Fireman Ed's face onto Wolverine, and he's looking at Greg Williams, defensive coordinator. You know, Part of, so part of it could be that they are likely going to save themselves potential heartache and embarrassment because it seemed like Trevor Lawrence was pretty set on not going to the Jets organization. And now that looks like, you know, that'll be Jacksonville's problem. But part of me just thinks it's Adam Gase. You know, what's the most Adam Gase thing to do would be to win. And also, you know, Jets played great, hands off to them or hats off to them. But what were the Rams doing? I don't know. I mean, so I was re-watching. I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of that game, so I was re-watching the highlights um, earlier today. And um, they just didn't look like they were all there for, like, the first half of the game. It really didn't seem like till the third quarter they started to get going. Now, some of that, too, I think is we've kind of talked about it really for the past year and a half that Jared Goff's just not it anymore. I don't know the first year with him and McVay, obviously he seemed to play really good, but he's just not seemed to be the quarterback uh, that maybe they thought he was. Obviously I know he got the big money, but I mean, yeah, I I think I, I saw someone posted a clip on Twitter and I actually kind of agree with them. You see all these Jets fans talking about how pissed off they are that the that they won the game and they cost them Trevor Lawrence and it, it was Kyle Brandt from Good Morning Football who said you should not be mad at the Jets players, be mad at the Rams players who should have won that game and didn't come out there to play. They're the ones that cost you Trevor Lawrence. They had everything to play for. You know, they were in first place in their division. They had a chance to get up and possibly leap over the Saints to get the two seed, and now. Uh, you know, just really choking that away. Seattle's back in first, and now you have at Seattle home to Arizona, not an easy way to close. And with what we saw yesterday, I, I might have some serious concerns. I know they're going to be without Acres in week 16. Looks like he's sort of doubtful for week 17, too. May not see him again until potentially the playoffs. So that was one of the kind of bright spots emerging on offense. They just looked, they got beat down mentally and physically yesterday by the Jets at home. That's got to give you pause going into the playoffs. Yeah. It's just I don't even know. I mean, they have a massive game coming up. It's, it's not next week. It's uh, the week after they get Seattle, right, which I would just, I believe is No, probably- it's, they're playing Seattle this week. Oh, this week. Have, okay. So, they have I mean, Arizona that- next week. So that's got to be the game then, I would think, is is this week right here. Do they – if no, they if win Seattle, – If Seattle wins, they've got it because they'll be two up with – Yeah. With one to play. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, Los Angeles has to come out and win this game this week. Like, there's no more messing around. So, it, it, I don't know. Well, they, and then, then they – it's fair for them to worry. Now you're talking about not only did you – 
lose potential opportunity to go up to see if you could get the two seed, you could slide all the way back to the seven seed and be on the road at new Orleans to open the playoffs because I don't think that Arizona game's a gimme either. We talked about no. those teams being close. We thought they were going to split when the Rams beat Arizona at home. We thought it was bad for Arizona. Maybe not. The Rams do not play well in their home new home stadium. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think that's what I was about to say. Though, it kind of seems like it's on par for the Rams this year, though. Like they're winning games that we don't expect them to win, and they're losing games we don't expect them to lose. So. It's going to be interesting what happens the next two weeks. I think they're obviously going to make the playoffs, but you haven't been that top where they would have been, I think, the three seed, because I don't think they would have caught New Orleans, or I guess they would have been tied with New Orleans if they went and lost yesterday. So yeah. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know. But Goff, 15 points, Akers, 7, Woods, 21, Cup, 8, and Tyler Higby, 16 points. Um, you know, obviously, we're just talking about uh, what they've been doing. Do you think that they bounce back against Seattle? Because I guess the one thing you could say is Seattle hasn't been playing much better either. They've really kind of seemed to hit a funk as well. Yeah. I mean, two enigmatic teams. They beat Seattle in the first matchup. Seattle's now 10 and 4, so they're game up. You know, if the Rams win, they not only go back into a flat footed tie, though, to take the top spot in the division they also on a major tiebreaker um so i don't i don't know it was just such a surprising you know how many people saved the rams in their confidence pool and picked them against the jets and just got murdered on this weekend in one that I've been at work, and it's uh, it was like 45 people in it. I was out earlier in the year, uh, but I know they were talking about it yesterday at work, and there was four people left, and the dude who got eliminated this week, so who was number five, got eliminated because he, he picked the Rams to survive against the Jets, and obviously they didn't, and so it dropped down to four people. And I was just like, that's just got to be a horrible feeling, which also just made me think about uh, – pigskin pick them which i hope we get to talk about tomorrow because things are getting very interesting in our little discord channel group chat as i looked at the other day anyways on to the cardinals and the eagles which turned out to be a very good game uh cardinals win 33 to 26 jalen hurts 37 points miles sanders 10 greg ord 17 the eagles lose but hurts continues to look like the real deal what does this mean for philly in your opinion I mean, Hurts, you said they were going to have a problem if Hurts came out at the end of the season and looked good. It would be hard to imagine him looking much better than what he's looked coming out. They didn't win that game, but he not because of him. He had four touchdowns. He was in it. He was battling Kyler Murray blow for blow. We also saw this week Carson Wentz supposedly come out and say he, he won't be a backup. So yeah. it's going to be a long off season in Philly. Yep. I mean, that's, that's going to be the interesting thing about it is, is what is going to happen. Cause obviously I, I almost think it's fair to say it, unless he completely falls off a cliff, these last two games, I don't know how you go back to Carson Wentz. I mean, I know Wentz has done it longer and we've seen guys like, I don't want to say guys like Hurts, but we've seen, these running quarterbacks come in and they light it up in their first couple starts because you, you still don't have enough tape on them. You're trying to figure out different ways to stop them. You're seeing things that you're not used to seeing out of them. 
And then they kind of revert back to the meetings a little bit. I'll use Lamar Jackson last year a little bit. And this year we saw it a little bit with Kyler Murray at times last year, although he stepped up big this year, um, a little bit with Dak Prescott in that second year, but then he kind of came on. So I do think if the teams adjust to Jalen Hurts, I'm not Jalen Hurts could very, very much, very easily adjust back to them and kind of be where a Kyler Murray is at now, where a Dak Prescott was obviously before he got hurt. It's going to make things very interesting. I've, I've said my biggest issue with Carson Wentz, and I don't know if it's the back injuries or the leg injuries, but him not running the ball has hurt that offense and getting out of the pocket, which is exactly what we're seeing Jalen Hurts do here with this offense when he needs to. I, I don't, you know, we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago. It's not going to be easy to trade that contract. And even if they do, they're not going to get much back for him. So are they willing to settle for a third round pick from an NFL team or do they just hold on to him? Because again, it would suck to be paying your backup quarterback that much. But the one thing that helps you is you have a guy in Jalen Hurts that you don't have to pay for four more years. So you, you, you're somewhat lucky in that aspect. Yeah. And, I guess it's also going to depend on what changes end up coming to Philly and who they want to build around. Yeah, I mean, I, I was listening again to Sirius XM, and, and there seemed to be still a lot of talk that uh, likely – there's a lot of talk, I think, that or at least in the Philly area, they think that Doug Peterson's gone. So, again, I still think that's a little – I mean, he's not that far removed from winning the Super Bowl. They've been I know. in the playoffs every year. That, yeah. Well, remember, that's what I brought up when we talked about it because I was be careful what you wish for. I mean, this that strikes. I mean, I think we've talked about Detroit this season. Had Jim Caldwell, who was above 500 every season, they booted him because they thought they could do better and they haven't seen 500 since. Well, not only Jim Caldwell, I'll go right back to look at what you did in Philadelphia, which granted Andy Reid was there for a much longer time, but you boot Andy Reid and then he goes to Kansas City and look what he does. And the one thing we also talked about when we brought this up a couple weeks ago was um, – why well, I don't forget his name now. Um, uh, is it Rosen, the, the GM? Howie Rosen. Howie Rosen. I couldn't remember his first name. I posted it in our chat. We have not talked about it on the show yet that obviously – very quietly, apparently a couple weeks ago, they brought in John Dorsey to do some stuff on the GM side and help out. I would say I don't know if that'd be a bad move. The, the biggest issue with John Dorsey is he's not helped teams when it comes to their cap situations. He did pay a lot of players that probably didn't need to get paid in Kansas City. Kind of did the same thing in Cleveland, although I will say – at least right now, and when everybody was kind of shitting on John Dorsey for the Baker Mayfield pick last year – Looking like that was a damn good pick this year. We also, everybody seems to forget he was the one who picked up Nick Chubb as well in the second round when everybody was kind of like, we don't really need a running back. Well, Nick Chubb's been phenomenal and a guy that looks like you can build around Denzel Ward when everybody said that they should go and grab, um, who was it? Who uh, Bradley Chubb. Everybody thought the Browns were going to take Bradley Chubb. Nope, they go ahead and take Denzel Ward. I don't know if you guys watched the game the other day. Denzel Ward has been shutting down everybody he's played against this year except for the game that he got hurt. And even then, I believe it was he's given up. Earlier in the year, he was leading the league in, in giving up touchdowns, and it was four. And it all happened. It each happened on one play a game. And then after that, he wouldn't allow anything else. Since then, been one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So, John Dorsey did actually, I think, did more for the Browns than people want to give him credit for. Obviously, Barry and them have been the ones that turned it around. But I'd be interested to see if they end up giving him that job and what he's able to do. Again, not great with the cap, 
with any team he's been with, but drafting wise, he's been good. And that's kind of what Philly needs right now. They need to be able to hit on some young draft players because they, their roster is not in a great shape when it comes to, to their cap space. On Arizona side, Murray 33 points, Chase Edmonds 15, and DeAndre Hopkins 30. Man, did that dude shut me up. I talked about going into the fantasy playoffs. He had a lot of tough matchups, and he has done absolutely nothing but produce. Now, granted, Slay was out, but even still, he's just been phenomenal. I was like, all right, well, he's getting Roby. He's getting Slay. He's getting Jalen Ramsey 16 points, 25 points, 30 points. So I guess uh, DeAndre Hopkins is (laughs) – which I guess we've really always known is is matchup proof. He is just and made one of the better touchdown catches in that game that I've seen this year. Catching it, moving back, backpedaling, holding it up above his head into the end zone with a defender right on him is a great catch. Great play by Newt. Makes me regret trading him this year. What are your thoughts on the Cardinals and and how do you feel about their playoff chances? Well, you know I feel a lot better with the the two. Uh, back-to-back wins they've had they went to new york and were able to beat the giants which you know they had struggled on the road and new york had looked hot going into that and then coming back home and shutting down a pretty hot philadelphia team they're only still one game up on the bears yeah um, and they do have kind of a tough schedule but i you know i feel like nine wins feels like a pretty good lock 10 wins feels like a possibility depending on how the Rams are playing. Like the Rams could be the ones that slide down. The best the bears can get to is nine and seven. So I think if you're at 10 wins, you're pretty safe. Uh, And, you know, they're eight and six right now to go look. I can't remember who they play. Uh, 49ers on Saturday this week. I was looking at the schedule. Yeah. So they should, you know, they should get a win there. If they slip up and lose that game though, Things become very interesting. That becomes very interesting because they got the Rams the last week. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm likely going to be spending Saturday at my uh, mother-in-law's house with my wife's side of the family, and they like to do a whole lot of stuff. And I already told my wife, I was like, just expect to see me sitting in the corner with my laptop watching watching games, and and I'll just be working. You, you know, I'll, I'll be working. You guys do your thing. I'm I'm excited. It's a nice little slate of games on Thursday, and we have a game on Friday as well. It's Christmas Day, right? No Thursday game. You got the Friday game. Vikings, I don't remember who they're playing, but I know the Vikings are Vikings playing. Vikings are playing the Saints, I believe. Saints, okay. So Vikings, Saints, and then you've got three the Vikings games. are out of it pretty much. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, I forgot there was no Thursday. I thought we were getting Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I guess we'll have to settle for Friday. And then That's it's a right. three-game day on Saturday. With Did you see on Saturday one of those games is only available on Amazon Prime? Yeah, that does suck. But Come on, I have- NFL. I have Prime, so yeah, I, so do I. Yeah, I'd be. I mean, well, I'm not going to be blocked from it, but but I just last week there was a lot of people that were kind of annoyed that it was only on NFL Network. Yeah, I know. I actually had someone reach out to me on on Saturday and say, "Hey, why can't I find the game?" I was like, "Oh, it's only on NFL Network. If you don't have NFL Network, you can't watch it." Well, it's like that Steelers Redskins game that was on a Tuesday. A couple or uh, Steelers Washington. They're, yeah, they're, well, at least they I put it in the red zone, though. Yeah. Well, if you had. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's their way, I guess, of driving it up. I mean, I guess, yeah. For me, I, I, I guess, I have to have it. Technically, I mean, I guess I don't have to, but 
being a Browns fan in Texas, if I want to watch the Browns, I have to have Sunday tickets. So it just kind of, unless I just wait for the couple times they're on yeah. national TV. Uh, so the Saints beat, I'm sorry, the Chiefs beat the Saints uh, this past weekend, 32 to 29. Mahomes, 25 points. Bell, 14. Hill, 17. And Kelsey, 22. CEH got injured and will miss the regular season. They are expecting him to be back, though, for the playoffs, which makes a little bit of sense because they do like they've pretty much locked up their first round by so they've got an extra week before they get him back however is this a big blow to you for their playoff chances well i mean i actually liked what we saw from levy on bell and i you kind of got the sense that that's why they went and got him i thought he looked good running pretty hard uh had a touchdown i don't think running is their big thing um, I hate I hate to say it, but I almost think it doesn't matter for them. Probably matters more for fantasy owners. Yeah, yeah. Anybody who has Ceh, just and if they made it to the next round, is probably. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been great, but still, he's been low end RB two ish. So losing him definitely sucks. Uh, I think the one thing I took away from this game because I, I was watching this one pretty closely. I feel like the Chiefs are more beatable than people are giving them credit for. Yeah. Everybody keeps talking about the Chiefs as like this juggernaut of a team. I kind of feel like they're they're pretty beatable. They've gotten a little. Well, I mean, the Saints shouldn't have beaten them yeah. if they would have. Uh, you know, if that that guy falls on the ball in the end zone instead of knocking it out. Yeah. For the, yeah. That could be a, a wholly different game. And also, I think they put Breeze in. I'm sure we'll get to it, knowing that he was going to have rest to knock off. I think if you see, you know, if we rematch this game in a couple of weeks, I don't know if it goes down the same. Yeah. Which breeze did look rusty comes in though with 19 points, Kamara 18 and Emmanuel Sanders 11. Uh, you know, I was okay with it because I was going up against him in a league that has Scott fishbowl type scoring. So drew breeze was, uh, great for me because I was going against him and for a long time he was getting like a negative 11 points and it was in the game again in the league of record we will talk about here at the end of the show uh but does end up turning around and having a much better second half it was really the first half that he looked rusty and I guess you can expect that I, I would imagine he's still not fully healthy either and still probably having some rib issues and everything trying to th- trying to move alone is uncomfortable then trying to go out there and throw a ball with that massive like jacket vest thing they had on him as well i think we got to give him some time might be when they rushed him out here and i don't say rushed him but got him out here now get him a couple games to kind of get back into the groove of things before they hit their stride going into the playoffs yeah i mean i would imagine that he wanted to come out and play. And I think we talked about before with him having that injury and missing time. My personal feeling was that he was going to need at least a game or two to get back into it. I don't know if I would have thrown him right to the wolves with the chiefs, but maybe he wanted to play in a big game and they wanted to see what they've got. They've put themselves now with a couple of losses. I think they're going to have a hard time being able to get back to that number one seat because the Packers look yeah. like they're cru- cruising right along. Um, so, you know, they're going to probably have to play that first week. You know, they got to play them into shape. It's also concerned to me, you know, Michael Thomas was finally back and starting to get into a groove and then boom, gone back on IR. And they said it's for the rest of the regular season. Um, 
So, you know, part of me wanting to see Breeze get back in there and develop some chemistry is with his his top line offense. So even even if he gets back going, uh, you know, it was nice to see him hit Sanders a few times. Uh, of course, it was uh, what was a little Bobby Humphrey or something. Little Jordan Humphrey. Little Jordan little Humphrey. Humphrey. Uh, but, you know, at least Kamara's uh, looking better. So if you were able to weather uh, some of those games, you have him, you know, I have him on a couple of teams that are in the uh, championship round. So I feel a little better about that. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting to see how they do the next couple of games. Uh, but I agree. I think it was really more about getting him out there, getting in some game action, because, you know, I think we both agree that this is probably it for Breeze, and so you probably don't want to just throw him out there in, in your first round of your playoffs because I don't think they get the buy and be like, all right, Jerry, just uh, just go get him. So it, it'll be uh, fun to see what they do moving forward. The Sunday night football game, Browns beat the Giants 22-6. Baker, 20 points in this one. Chubb, 14. Landry, 19. And Austin Hooper, 15. Browns get their 10th win almost – well, no, I can't say that. Closing in on a playoff spot. And then, obviously, I'll just say now, since we're going to be talking about the Browns, Pittsburgh loses last night, which opened the door back up for the Browns to possibly even win their division. Baker, fifth straight week since the bye, finishing as a QB1. We talked about it earlier in the year. I said you needed to watch what he did after he came off his bye week. He has been absolutely phenomenal, showing teams that not only can they beat them with the run, but beat them with the pass. How are you feeling about this Browns offense? You know, I thought they, they looked pretty good. Um, you know, I think some people had said, well, it's all about the running game. And they do have a couple of, you know, incredible running backs that played a huge role in uh, the Monday night game uh, a week earlier. But they can actually do it with uh, passing. You know, Chubb had an okay game. Hunt wasn't a huge factor, but Baker was able to help get him. Um, it wasn't maybe their most impressive offensive performance of the year, but they did a pretty good job against a decent defense on the road won their 10th game, seemed to be in control all the way along. And they look like they're in a lot better shape to win the AFC North than Pittsburgh does right now. Yeah, it's – um, I mean <laughs> – I know you don't want to get too excited, but – Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, I still can't say the Jets are – It's and I'll say what I've been saying. It's a game you should win on paper. But as we saw with the Rams game this weekend, that was a game the Rams should have won on paper, and they didn't do it. You never know what could happen. So obviously I think there's a good shot, and I do hope in all honesty that not only do the Browns win this weekend, if they win, they pretty much have secured a playoff spot. The seeding can still be determined because if Baltimore wins out and, say, Cleveland then loses, then they tie, Cleveland's spot will change. But if they win, they've in, they've pretty much locked up a spot for a playoffs. Just seeding will depend. I do think, obviously, it would be a ton of fun if Cleveland did win against the Jets on Sunday and then the Steelers lost because then you're setting up a massive game in Week 17 where we only usually get a couple of those a year, right, where you go into Week 17 and say, well, this team, this team's fighting for a division or a playoff spot, and I couldn't even tell you the last time the Browns won the division much less had a home playoff game. It was 10 years ago that they were in the playoffs. I know 
It was 18 years ago in the first round of the playoffs. They played Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. I remember that game as we had old Kelly Holcomb at quarterback. Dennis Northcutt at wide receiver is one of my favorite players. Uh, and the Steelers ended up beating them by three points. I don't remember the final score, but I remember that they beat them by a field goal. So it would set up a ton of fun for the last week of the season, especially for Browns fans, especially if we already knew we were in the playoffs and then it comes down to possibly winning your division. It's not something I think many of us expected. Now, I know you and me had picked them to finish very highly. I don't remember what – I know Dennis had him in the playoffs, but I don't remember what record he picked from. I had him at 12-4, and four, which yeah. – Insane that that might actually happen. I, I really thought it was probably going to be like a 10 and six season. There was a couple of games in there. Now Houston was one where we didn't expect Houston to fall off the way that they did. I thought that could be, I picked for the Browns to win. It was like, that could be a game that could swing them. Same thing. I picked them to beat Baltimore and Pittsburgh down here toward the end of the year. Obviously they lost to Baltimore, but it, it would be awesome. I'm not going to lie. I would, I would love to take a division. Cause not only do you get that division win, but then, if you take the division, you get that home playoff game the next week. And I think that'd be huge, especially Cleveland allowing fans into the game, getting a little bit of a home field type atmosphere for your first playoff game. I think it, it would just, it would be amazing. So this so, would be fun. Tough thing though, is you end up in that, uh, probably that third seed. I think you'd end up either taking Pittsburgh or Baltimore again. Yeah, that's what a lot of this stuff was saying, that if if obviously if Cleveland won and Pittsburgh lost and then going into the last week, Cleveland won and then Pittsburgh lost, obviously, it would drop Pittsburgh down to it would be a rematch of Cleveland-Pittsburgh. But Which, I also, you wouldn't feel bad about that. I'd be more no, Cleveland-Baltimore. I See, I think they match up better with Baltimore, if I'm being honest. But because Pittsburgh's defense scares me more than Baltimore's does. We saw what Cleveland can do, and I really think that Again, maybe I'm biased here in saying this, but I feel like if Cody Parkey doesn't miss the field goal and the extra point, the Browns beat Baltimore a couple weeks ago because that that's the game changer. I don't think Lamar drives down the field and scores on that drive. So that's why I'm excited for the Week 17 matchup because I want to see, you know, again, I've mentioned it earlier in the year, Baltimore and Pittsburgh were the only two games I felt like Kevin Stefanski got outcoached. And we saw him make those adjustments against Baltimore, and they look like a completely different team against Baltimore. I'm interested to see what they look like now against Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh and Baltimore's defenses run a lot of the same schemes. So can Cleveland find the success against Pittsburgh they did against Baltimore? The one thing I do like about the Pittsburgh matchup is I think Cleveland's defense matches up with Pittsburgh's offense better than it does Baltimore's. That That is the one thing I will give you because Big Ben ain't running 50 yards and getting a touchdown like Lamar Jackson was able to. So it's definitely going to be a good game. I'm, I'm excited to – I'm excited for it. I just need, obviously, things to, things to go. Even if they don't go that way, even if the Browns win and, and then Pittsburgh beats Indy, whatever. If they just make the playoffs, I'm happy with that right now. It's, it's something – I hoped was going to happen last year and it didn't happen. So, uh, on new, the Giants side here, Slayton 11 points, Ingram eight. So, pretty much over for the Giants at this point. I, I don't see yeah. any way they get in. Yeah. Cause now they're five and nine. You'd really need Washington to drop both of its last two games, uh, probably to get back up. Um, and they just haven't looked that great. Yeah. So I think 
you know, it was a it was a fun story to talk about. I, I do think we should give Joe Judge some some credit. He definitely is hung in there. He's developed a somewhat better team. They're just missing some pieces. Uh, they need to get healthy. You know, Saquon Barkley being there is is a real difference maker. I mean, we've seen what they've been able to do with Wayne Gallman running the ball. I think we would all agree Saquon a little bit of a better talent. They probably need some more offensive line help. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones hasn't taken incredible steps forward, but I don't think he's taken incredible steps back. It's it's weird. You know, I thought this was going to be a big year for Jones and for da- Drew Locke to step up and show us something, and I don't really feel like we've gotten great clarity for either of those guys. Yeah, that's uh, another I, – I would be shocked if they if they move on from Jones, especially because I don't think they're going to move on from Gettleman. It doesn't seem – it seems like that's changed all of a sudden. So – I don't, well, I don't think they should move on from Daniel Jones, but it just yeah. – he hasn't quite taken – you know, what's starting to worry me is, you know, are Daniel Jones and Drew Locke a poor man's Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston? That could be possible. I mean, the one thing I'll say about Jones is this is what, his second – is this his second system this year, right? He had a different mm-hmm. coach. Yeah, because he had Jason Garrett. Yeah, Shermer and then now Garrett. So, I mean, that's the one thing I've got to say because I, I read it. For Locke. Yeah. You know, Locke, Locke went from, uh, I can't remember who we had that we got from San Francisco to now Pat Shermer. Yeah. that That's the biggest thing I, I feel like we need to, to pump the brakes a little bit on some of these quarterbacks. I was reading an article that Mary Kay Cabot did um, earlier today while I was waiting to to do something for work. And it talked about like, how difficult it was last year in learning a whole new offense. And then you're doing that same thing again this year for Daniel Jones, Drew Locke, Baker Mayfield in a completely different offseason. If we had a regular offseason, I feel like I would have the concerns that other people had about those guys. But you had to learn entire new systems over a computer. It's all great, fine and dandy to look at plays on a in a playbook and on a computer and how it's supposed to work. But if you're not able to be out there and actually playing it, getting live game reps, it's hard to implement those plans. And you know, even with the limited practice times when you came back, there was limited times you could be in pads. A lot of those guys weren't going full tilts anyways because they didn't want to take any, didn't get any injuries. So. I'm not going to panic on Jones. I've seen enough out of him at times to think he's got a bright future. Hopefully next year, I think, is the guy. I mean, in my opinion, I think Baker solidified himself. And I think you can say the same thing about Locke. Locke's shown you brilliant moments, but I think you have to give him a little bit of a pass this year and be like, all right, next year is that year for them, kind of like the third year was for Baker. This is their year. They get a, hopefully a full offseason in training camps for uh, preseason games, and then we can see what Locke and what Jones can do with those teams. Well, and if they can have their offenses healthy, because Locke too, I mean, he hasn't had Corbin Sutton all year. They they went and paid a right tackle two seasons ago who gave him a couple of games in 2019 and opted out. You know, no offense to him. He, he, he did what was best for him and his family, but you don't get to see what – Maybe your line is. It seems like Garrett Bowles has finally developed, but they've had a lot of other injuries down there. You know, you're trying to develop the new weapons. I think for years we had heard preseason was irrelevant. You don't need preseason. I think as we've gone through this season, we've seen that there are cases and there are players and there is development that happens in those preseason or even 
you know, probably the understated part of what was lost in this offseason is those inner squad scrimmages, which all of the coaches say helped them to develop their teams so much more. We also had a massive bomb just drop news-wise. Uh, so let's go ahead and get through this game really quick so we can touch on the news subjects before we get out of here. Bengals beat the Steelers last night 27-17. Pittsburgh, Big Ben, six points. Benny Snell, 19. Deontay Johnson this time, not Deontay Dropson, 19 points. Deontay looked good last night. Third straight loss for the Steelers. How much trouble would you put them in, knowing they have Indy next week? You know, if – what would you? How do you feel about them possibly winning or losing that matchup? Because I do think, regardless, if they win the game against Indy, they're set as as the AFC North champions. There's no way that they can they can get take that taken away from at that point. That's the biggest thing I think. Well, I mean, I said it on Twitter last night. Pittsburgh said they were going to come out and make a statement. If last night was coming out and making a statement from Pittsburgh, the statement is you should bet on anyone else in the playoffs. They they didn't look good. And there were, it's not like they were playing an incredible team. I would actually be much more concerned because they have playoff teams that they have to play the last two weeks. Washington, we kind of hope, will get into the playoffs, but they haven't looked exactly great. Buffalo, okay, you know, the Buffalo one, you might have – written off. Buffalo's a, an ascending team. They didn't look very good, but you know, sometimes that happens. And but the Bengals, I mean, to to just get stoned by the Bengals, we were talking about yesterday the Bengals would be lucky to score 17 points. I think what's more alarming than even the offensive inconsistency is they're struggling on defense and they've lost so many players to injuries and stuff now that that's going to take a big toll. Pittsburgh was 11 and 0. They had the worst point differential of any 11 and 0 team in NFL history. That should tell you something. They weren't really dominating these games. They were winning games. And sometimes your close game luck, may, you know, maybe they just got all their close game luck early in the season and now they're sliding down, but that is that to me was alarming. Losing to Washington wasn't great. Losing two in a row was should have been a wake up call. Losing three in a row and losing going away to a two ten and one team playing a quarterback that their coach desperately tried to play anyone but him yeah. should give them all a moment of pause. Yeah, so the thing I'll say with them, I I know I said it a while ago, and I said it on Twitter too, and kind of got some hate for it was. Big Ben, and it proved out again yesterday, has been one of the worst deep thrown, the deep passers in the league this year. He's everything he's been doing is quick hitters at the line. And I think defenses are starting to figure that out. Add that in with no running game. They have not been able to do much running the ball. I think is is kind of putting Pittsburgh in situations they don't want to be in. And, and it's going to be interesting because I'm with you. That defense has taken some massive hits, and it doesn't look like that defense is going to be what we saw earlier in the year. I mean, again, this game this weekend is the biggest one, in my opinion. If they beat Indy, they're going to be all right. They'll at least be all right in the fact that they're getting into the playoffs. They're going to get that home playoff game because they're going to have the division. If they lose to Indy, everybody get ready for what's going to be likely a very fun Week 17. Because that's the other thing. Even if um, – did Pittsburgh beat Baltimore twice? Yes, Pittsburgh beat Baltimore okay. twice. Yeah, never mind. Because I was yeah, going to say – nice Break over them, but – Yeah, that's going to say, because even if they uh, – even if they were to win against Indy, 
but then lose to Cleveland, I wondered if Baltimore could get, no, because Baltimore still be a game behind too. So never. No, so right. That was the thing. Cleveland or uh, Baltimore cannot win the division. Yeah. Um, because if everyone, because uh, at the time, that There's Pittsburgh, still a game behind Cleveland right now. I know that. Yes, at the time Pittsburgh beat them for the second time. Pittsburgh was eleven and zero, and Baltimore was seven and five with five games to play and having lost the tiebreaker. So there was no scenario where Baltimore could win the North. The Browns could still win the North. Pittsburgh yeah. can still win the North, but if they all ended up tied, uh, Baltimore doesn't have a good claim. I don't think. So our own Tony chiming in here. When when Pittsburgh loses to Indy, it will make that Week 17 matchup the game of the year. What a story! Again, I I hope you are right. I, you know, I, you know, because you're obviously in our group chat. I have not been a big fan of Frank Reich this year. I am all in on Frank Reich this week. Let's go Colts! I'm I'm becoming the biggest Colts fan in the world this week because I would love to see uh, that Week 17 matchup again. Even if the Browns lose it, just having that game. Going, I, is it in Cleveland? I don't remember. Um, I think, they, I think yeah, they played I think, Pittsburgh. I think it's in Pittsburgh, which sucks. I'm, I'm trying to look it up really quick because I think they played in Cleveland earlier in the year. Because I know this time they played Baltimore, it was in Cleveland. But I think the first yeah. time they played Pittsburgh, it was in, they were actually in Cleveland, Ohio. Let's see here. No, it's in Cleveland. Wait. Yeah. I thought Pittsburgh. It is. It is. It's in Cleveland. Oh, thank you, Tony. Oh, that's going to make it so much. uh, God, I hope it happens. I hope it happens. I'm I'm getting excited. All right. So Cincinnati side, Ryan Finley back from the dead. A guy we all thought could be good last year, struggled, comes out, looks solid in this game. 18 points. Giovanni Bernard scoring two touchdowns and looking like the guy we were hoping we've had the past three or four weeks yeah. and probably knocked a bunch scoring of two, out of the playoffs. Scoring two touchdowns on everyone's yeah. bench. 22 points. T. Higgins, six, <clears throat> and A.J. Green, six as well. Uh, who are you trusting right now from the Bengals side playing in your Week 16 Finals matchup? You know what? Props to the Bengals. was a lot of fun last night. I was, I was doing some Bengal rooting in the second half. Glad to see you out there, Ryan Finley. Sticking it to your coach, who looked like he would play his own mother over you if that had been an option. Looking good. Hope you get to uh, play a couple games down the stretch. None of you are seeing my lineup in a meaningful fantasy game. Going to be out there cheering you on, moral support. You are not going to be in my lineup. I mean, yeah, I don't blame you. Again, I, we I, we were talking about in our group chat last night because we had a lot of games tied to that. So let's just – I'm going to bring yeah, – about the poor that. guy who asked us on Twitter, you know, I need 20 points. Who should it – you know, the option – You needed was Gio Bernard, but yeah. Trayvon Williams didn't do anything. Tyler Boyd got knocked out, which yeah. – you know, Well, we gave him but, Higgins, which – in fairness, it looked like it could be a Higgins game. He got all of his points in the first half and was looking good, but then they leaned so heavily on the run in that second half. That's what cost him. I mean, well, look, and Finlay was good running. You know, yeah. I guess if you were in desperate straits in a championship game, you have to have better options at quarterback than yeah. than Finley. And honestly, I'm not riding the Bernard Higgins Boyd roller coaster. One of them will have a nice game. Yeah. Good luck picking which one. Well, so that's the funny thing. So in my main dynasty league, my best friend uh, traded for Joe Mixon earlier in the year, and I had Giovanni Bernard. And 
when we were getting close to the trade deadline, it was right around the time that that Mixon got hurt. And now I was actually playing Bernard most weeks because he was actually pretty good back then, or at least getting you decent RB2 points. So he was like, hey, I need Bernard. What do you want from him? And this is, again, a, a league of dinosaurs where we still had trade vetoes. And I was like, well, because he was like, I'll give you a first for him. And I was like, as much as I'd love to take your first, I know it's going to get vetoed. So let's just do a third and a fourth. And they almost vetoed that, by the way. They ended up, it ended up going through. He gets Giovanni Bernard, makes it into the playoffs. He's been starting Bernard because he does, he's got his running backs are Alvin Kamara, Naheem Hines, and then Giovanni Bernard and Joe Mixon. So obviously, outside of Kamara, who hasn't been great either up until the past couple weeks, he's been struggling. Plays Bernard last night, goes in down 18 points. And I'm like, there's no way, man. Like, sorry, pack it in because the other guy had the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. So you know he's about to be down 28 points once the game kicks off. And just like the guy we were talking to in here on YouTube the other day, like, hey, like you got to hope the Bengals put up some points and drop down those negatives. Next thing you know, Gio's gone for two scores. Pittsburgh Steelers down to four and ends up going to like, I think he was at like one point in the third quarter down. And then obviously Gio rips off a couple more runs. Finley ripped off that big run, which gave the Steelers negative points in our league. So he ends up winning by four points, knocking off the number one seed and the highest scoring team in the league to make it to the final. So I'm happy for him. And then obviously I mentioned yesterday everything with uh, – Juju Smith-Schuster, and so I'm curious as to what you would do because this has been a massive thing all day in our group chat. Again, I, I know not everybody who listens to this or watches plays in Scott Fishbowl scoring. Uh, me and Matt do. Matt can tell you it's very unique scoring. It's not something you see in a lot of leagues. We've got the Scott Fishbowl scoring, and it's also decimal points as well. So we did not think there was any chance there would ever be a tie. Well, yesterday, the dude that had Juju gets the 3.5 points. We finished both tied at 156.8. And we never put a tiebreaker in place because we never really thought about it. So there was three options that were thrown out there. Now, the dude who has Juju is, like, losing his mind. And much respect to Alfred, but, I mean, he's, like, tweeting at the NFL. He's tweeting at everybody, like, you need to fix it, the stat issue and all this stuff. And What's that issue? So he is saying that it shouldn't – the negative yard – so Juju got negative yards for that fumble. Yeah. He and got he, hit by the line of scrimmage. That, so he's saying that he caught it at the line of scrimmage, not behind the oh. line of scrimmage. So that's what I said. So then now he's gone in, and I kid you not, you can find it on, on Twitter, has pulled up recaps – of that play and showing and tweeting at the NFL, hey, look, he actually touched the ball here at the eight, so it should have been down at the eight, so he should only got negative eight yards instead of negative ten yards. It's a whole thing because if there is any stat correction in his favor, even if it's one yard, he wins because we're tied right now. I don't think there will be. I'm like, well, every, I went to every single site that I could think of that shows the stats, and it shows that Juju got three catches for 15 yards on every single one of them. So on MFL, he has the stats of three catches for 15 yards. So that, and I even told him, I was like, look, we don't even do lost points for fumbles in this. So you didn't even get negative points. Had you gotten a negative point for that, you would have lost to me. So we we came up with three options. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what you said, because he's kind of going crazy about it. I think this is fair because we didn't come up with the tiebreaker. Um, the gentleman who we're playing technically this week, who's in the other league, because it's a cross league play thing. 
he said, hey, look, just to make it fair, he's like, I'm cool playing both of you guys next week. You guys replay your matchup in week 16. I'll play both of you. Whoever wins, you know, if I don't outscore you, you win your matchup and you win the Super Bowl. The other one is to go to what I think is the pretty normal tiebreaker in bench points. And then the third option was overall score or the, your overall record. So whoever had the best record going into the matchup gets the tiebreaker. They move on. How would you vote? Cause we're, we're in the process of getting 24 votes on this to decide how we're going to handle it. I mean, I guess record, it just means the highest seed, but um, bench points seems to be the most common. That's what I voted for because that's it. Now I feel bad because that's in my favor as well. I have more bench points than him, but I feel like that's what most people do. Well, the other, I th- I almost think a better tiebreaker than record is who finished with most points for. Uh, he did. He beat me by a hundred in that as well, at least in the regular season. I don't know. That's usually the more accurate. Yeah. The better team. Well, that wasn't something we thought about putting. We was just like overall record. The because everybody I know is when I posted that in the chat, I was like, look, because it was on that, it was on the drive where they were fourth down, and then the Bengals called a timeout, and so I was like, guys, like there's a serious chance this goes to a tie if they don't hit Juju on a play right here, or if they don't get the first down, it's over and we tied. And so I was like, what is a good way to do it? And that's what they said. It's like, well, in all of my leagues, it's bench points, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't want yeah. to suggest that because I'm the commissioner. And I feel like if I say that, it's going to be me saying it just to make it look good for me because I already looked. I have no. the most bench points. I'm beating them by 30. There, there ain't no coming back. And so, yeah, we'll be. I'm interested to see what happens. Obviously, I've, I'm not making a big deal about it. If I lose, I lose. It's whatever. It's it's fun. I've never. It's just funny. I think to be in this situation, I never once thought decimal points wise or with the scoring situation we have to end up tied 156. Eight in a championship matchup. So I'll be, I'm hoping that it goes in my favor. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So the breaking news here, and we'll hit on a couple of the topics before we get out of here. The 49ers have signed Josh Rosen off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers practice squad. They were not able to protect him in time. So Josh Rosen on his way to San Francisco. Your thoughts? I mean, it can't be that much worse than Nick Mullins, but. I mean, they never once thought about activating him to an active roster in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I forgot about him, honestly. Well, yeah, so did I until I saw it. That's the thing. That's because you've got Tom Brady. All of a sudden, Josh Rosen might have a chance to play. Now, you know, it's only two games. 49ers are officially eliminated from the playoffs. So it's not like he's taken to the playoffs. But if he goes out there and plays good. Honestly, if I was Josh Rosen, given where I am with – probably only one more decent chance. I don't want to be starting against a playoff prepped Arizona team in Arizona on, on this week. I don't know. It may be his last chance to play though. That's the problem. I mean, it's, but I mean, whenever he gets his chance is going to be his last chance of showing he can be a starter. 49ers are not in a great talent position right now, not in a great any kind of position. And it's not like a game against Arizona is a great winnable game. Yeah, it's not. But I just I think at this point that you got to take any shot you can to play and try and show that you're at least decent because Miami didn't give them much of a shot after they traded for him. Obviously, we haven't seen him with Tampa Bay yet. So San Francisco, again, I trust the Kyle but, Shanahan. I would say I, I know, like but, better than Mullins and Beathard. 
there's nothing that I've seen that would indicate to me that San Francisco and Tampa Bay are running a similar offensive system. Oh, nothing no, I've yeah, seen I that would indicate that, Miami but. last year or Arizona the year before are running a similar offensive system to San Francisco either. So you're talking about taking a guy. I'm pretty sure that's one of the Saturday games too. It is. Yes, they play Arizona. Yeah. The game. Yeah. Yeah, the Amazon Prime game. So his only good saving grace is not a lot of people might see him shit. Watching. I'll be curious to see if he gets a start. I'll be I'll be rooting for him. Uh, Acres and Ceh are done for the regular season. Obviously, just that sucks for for fantasy owners. More, I would say probably Acres owners because he looked so good the past couple of weeks. I thought my he was finally going to get the run. Ceh has kind of been meh all year, so you already knew what you were expecting from him. Yeah. I mean, you if you're you probably weren't relying on. I mean, if you were relying on Acres to get you to a championship game, you may not have made it. And yeah. hopefully, you have other options. If you're relying on Ceh to power you to a championship game, I don't know if you made it either. Hopefully, you have other options. Yeah, I don't think either of those guys. It's not like those guys were carrying you all season. Yeah. Uh, Josh Gordon is back with Seattle. We saw him get reinstated a couple weeks ago. Do you think it will matter for this offense? They need something. I wouldn't have pegged adding a wide receiver as what they need. I like what we've seen from David Moore um, and obviously Metcalf and Lockett, uh, but maybe he'll open up some more coverages. Um, be curious to see what they get from him. Yeah, same. I've 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 been a big fan ever since he did what he did in Cleveland. I hope he gets another shot. Hope he, he hopefully he can make a stay here in the NFL for a while. And then last but not least, Edo Smith has been announced as taking over the job for Todd Gurley. Probably a little bit uh, too late on this one. Gurley has really been struggling. Really, just seemed to be that kind of goal line pounder. Uh, I don't know if this means much, even for maybe for fantasy. He's a guy who can play as a flex play, but I don't I don't All see right. Edo Smith being the guy next year. So. I'm staying away from the Falcons' backfield. It looks like you skipped over my favorite of the new headlines. Did I? Oops, Mr. I Dwayne Haskins. Oh yeah, I did. I did. Hit the, the strip moment, club. The moment he looks like he's maybe figuring it out on the field, goes right out and violates all the COVID protocols and any sense of sanity, and goes to a strip club. I mean, just. I mean, come on, man. He's like, what, 21 years old, 22? Come on, man. You got to think, though. I mean, you finally get a chance to get back starting. Ron Rivera is not a guy that gives you infinite chances or takes things lightly. It's just it's confounding. And he has to issue that public apology. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I can't, I can't fault the kid. I mean – I don't know what I was. I was doing dumb shit at 22 years old. I just not a starting quarterback in the NFL, so I have cameras on me. So it's one of those things. Like I get it. And you're right. You, and especially with that, you know, you know, you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. You show up to a strip club, people are likely going to take pictures of you. Got it. But I mean, let's be honest. Okay, so is everybody making a big deal about this because he didn't have a mask on? So if he was at a strip club and had his mask on, we're all okay with it. Like, I mean, no, I mean, I I'm pretty sure they're not allowed to go to those kind of things. Period. Per the COVID protocol, I think there's 
but yet everybody was getting hit for being at a Deshaun that nobody's talking about how there was a ton of players caught at a Deshaun Watson house party with no masks on this weekend. Uh, there's been players all over the place. What was it the Raiders had that big convent, the big thing earlier in the year as well. And none of them had masks on like just nobody's making a big deal out of them because pictures didn't service. Like Dwayne Haskins got caught with a little bit of arm candy and no mask on at a strip club. Like it is what it is guys. Let's, you know, I don't think he's going to get another chance in Washington anyway. I honestly think he needs to to move on. I, that was the thing when he came in yes, you know, yesterday or Sunday. I thought he showed some poise. He looked like he was playing better. Got some positive comments. I thought, you know, maybe maybe it was a step forward to him. It's just like you know, you get one step forward and three steps back. Yeah, but I mean, that's the thing we talked about though. He. Earlier in the year, his best game came when he was playing against Baltimore, and they still pulled him. And they're like, "No, nope, no, nope, we're we're done with you." So, I don't know. I'm I'm not going to hate on him too much. Was it a bad decision? Yes, but you know what? I made more. Mo- I've made bad decisions last week as a 33 year old. So you know what? It it happens. He's 22 years old. I'm not going to hate on him too much. All right, that will do it for us today. We will be back tomorrow with Dennis, probably a little bit later. Not sure. Can't remember. I think Dennis is off tomorrow, isn't he? Yeah, he's off. So we might go back usual time, but we will be back tomorrow. We are going to preview the entire week 16 slate, and that will be the last show for us this week. We're going to take the the long weekends to enjoy with our families and loved ones. So hopefully we see you guys back again tomorrow so we can talk about Week 16 and your fantasy football championship games. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on ready. Do you got your pop on ready? I came out the wrong line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump at me. Golly. Only they tackle him in the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can.